Mark chapter 11. Who's got any verses marked in that chapter? I know I do. Your Bible should almost fall open to some of these verses. <laughs> you know, when you open it. Mm. Hallelujah. Tell you what we'll do. We'll just, we're going to, um, just because I don't want to stop the flow, not like I'm going to preach till 9 or 10 o'clock, but <clears throat> let's just go ahead and um, receive an offering tonight. Um, and um, tithes and offerings and if you um, if you need an envelope tonight, just raise your hand. But I tell you, you know, the Lord is doing so many good things. And um, it's so exciting. You know, there's a lot of things in the world that are shaking. And, and the Bible tells us that, that things will be shaken. Everything that can be shaken will be. But I can tell you one thing. One thing that you, you can count on is, you know, there's a lot of investments in this world that are, um, you know, they'll tell you, you'll hear people say, well, you know, I had $10,000 they gave into something and they said it was money I could lose. That meant what? That you probably would lose it. Yeah. But when it comes to the things of God, whenever we give to the kingdom of God, the Bible says, don't lay up treasure for your, that's where moth and, and rust corrupts. That doesn't mean that you don't have supply. And you know, the Bible talks about your storehouse. And your storehouse is wherever you, you lay something up. And so your checking account, your, your bank account, you need to give God something to work with. Amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> but the Bible says in Luke 6.38, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I'm looking for running over blessing. Amen. Our pastor, he did a, he, he did a, like a little, they, well, they took some music and put it in the background, but they made it to like a little rap. I'm not looking for blessing. Blessing's out looking for me. Say that. I'm not out looking for blessing. Blessing is looking for me. Amen. And you know what that, that's in agreement with? Matthew 6.33. Seek you first the kingdom of God in his righteousness, and you'll never know if you'll see it again. Give and it's, no, he says, all these things shall be added unto you. So what does that mean? That means the houses, that means the cars, that means everything that you need. God's not opposed to us having blessing. And I'll tell you what, you know, if you want to affect the kingdom of God and affect the earth, you have to have abundant provision. Amen. If we didn't have abundant provision, we couldn't turn the lights on. But I'm looking for a lot more abundant provision. Amen. Amen. That's why we always put the pressure, and always do this in life, always put the pressure on the Word. Aloha. 
<clears throat> always put the pressure on the word. Why? Because the word is what you don't put pressure on people. We don't put pressure on any person. We put pressure on the word. And so that way, God's big enough to take care of it. Don't you think? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. So tonight as we, we honor the Lord, just stand on that word. That Lord, I'm giving and it's going to be given back to me good measure. Pressed down, shaking together, running over. And just like every day, just say, running over. I'm running over. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Just as a reminder, we also have text to give. You can text to the number 84321 and um, put the amount in there. So let's pray. Release faith tonight. Also, if you'd like an envelope for um, the building fund, you can raise your hand as well. Separate from you raising your hands for the prayer. <laughs> it's kind of like when you give an altar call and, and people like they're praying intensely and they got their hands raised. It's like, are you wanting to get saved or are you just praying? <laughs> Sometimes you just have to ascertain each individual case. <laughs> but let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for your people. We thank you, Lord, for your blessing. Thank you, Lord, that we're not out looking for blessing, but blessings looking for us. It's chasing us down. And Father, we thank you for the purpose, Lord, is to preach the word and to be a blessing to those around us. And we thank you for increase on every side. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, a lot of times people can limit God. But you know, Dr. Lester Sumrall, he said this, that he was in a place and there was a guy, he was unsaved. And um, I forget the, all the points to the story, but he said that um, he had dealt with this man before and he was just really harsh. He just said he was a sinner man. <laughs> he just... But he said that he needed something um, uh, for this building they were doing when he was pastoring. He said, he, he called him up and asked him and said, what do you need for that building? And I forgot if he just paid it all at, at the um, one time, or I think he may have just paid like something every month and said, I'll always have it for you. God used a man that was not even born again to fund the gospel. Yeah. You know, that happened with um, Oral Roberts back um, in, the, I believe, in the 90s. There was a guy that um, flew to Tulsa and met with um, Oral Roberts and said that he wanted to, to give into the ministry. He owned a dog track, you know, that races dogs for, for money. And... Um, Anyway, he gave Oral Roberts a million dollars. And a lot of Christians had problems with that. And they said, 
They said, Brother Roberts, are you going to take that money? You know, isn't it evil? You know, isn't... He said, yeah, I'm going to take it. He said, it's been in the devil's hands long enough. And so, I, you know, he just sanctified it right there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know, whichever way blessing comes to you, you just sanctify it. Amen. Amen. Well, do you have Mark eleven twenty four? Father, as we approach your word tonight, we just thank you for illumination. We thank you, Lord, for changing the hearts of, of every person. Lord, I thank you every mind is attentive. Every heart is ready to receive in Jesus' name. Amen. So we began last week uh, talking about seven steps to answered prayer. And we're going to continue tonight along that line. Seven steps to answered prayer. Notice answered prayer is what we're after. You know, a lot of times people are just kind of praying to be praying. You know, there is a, a point where you are waiting on the Lord. Where you say, Father, I just want to spend time worshiping you. That is a legitimate prayer. That's a, the prayer of worship and just waiting on the Lord. But too often people can take that over into every area of their life when they need to be specific. When they need an answer to their prayer. And so, just to highlight a couple things um, we talked about last week. Number one, be specific. You know, sometimes people, they say, well... Do I even know what I want? And, and, you know, you think, are people even serious with themselves? Do you know what your needs are? Then be specific. And be specific in prayer and say, Lord, I need this, I need that. And I even encouraged people last week to, to write down anything that um, they need from the Lord. And be specific. Number two, find the scriptures that promise and answer the answer that you need. So once I find out what the, the scriptures are, I mean, once I find out what I need from God, then I'm going to search, you know, find a good concordance, find something that um, in your Bible or either like Strong's Concordance, find all the scriptures, write them out. Why? Because then you're just building, you're building this scriptural platform on the inside of you that the devil would never be able to shake. That's what the Lord led me to do when I was facing an incurable situation in my life. What else are you going to do? You're either going to die or you're going to get a miracle. And so I, um, I just immersed myself with my iPod and with the Word of God because, and of course, I didn't need um, good scriptures about baptism. I didn't need scriptures about the Antichrist. I needed scriptures about healing. Why? Because those others can wait. <laughs> I need something right now. And so just begin to immerse yourself in that. Find the scriptures that you need. And then number three, you ask God for it. Simple enough, right? But, you know, a lot of times it's the simplicity that people miss. How many times have you ever heard somebody say, you know, um, John, just agree with me on this, that I get this job. Okay, I agree. But we never, ever ask the Lord for it. So we never did practice that verse. So once you, you have all these scriptures, then what's going to happen is you'll know the will of God. You won't be shaken. And then when you ask, you'll be able to ask in faith. And then we left off with this. Number four, believe that you receive. Look in Mark 11. Mark 11. 
I don't know why it sounds like I'm in a tunnel up here tonight. Mark 11, verse 22. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For truly I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire. So I think that's another way of saying being specific. If you're specific about something, then you know what you desire. So he says, what things soever you desire when you pray. Everyone say, when you pray. Why is that important? Because you don't pray the prayer of faith, and then two weeks later, oh, let me get in faith about that. No, you get in faith when you pray. And when you pray, believe what? See, a lot of people, they just believe, well, I believe it's God's will. Well, that's good, but that's not good enough. Well, I just believe God wants me to have it. Well, that's not good enough. What does he tell you specifically to believe? You are to believe. Now, you have to know it's the will of God. You have to believe it that it's his will. He wants to do it. But you're supposed to believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So what does that mean? I had to believe I got it before I've got it. I had to believe. You know, people go back to salvation. People think, well, you know, how do I, how do I believe something I don't have? Well, have you ever received Jesus? Have, do you believe that, that God raised Jesus from the dead? Have you confessed him as your Lord and Savior? Well, you haven't seen him, have you? Yet you still believe. Well, it works the same in every area. I like what the Amplified Classic says. It says, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe. Trust and be confident that it is granted to you and you will get it. So whatever you ask in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident. I like that. That it is granted to you and you will get it. So one of the things that we have to realize in, in this area, people are, are pretty good with, with salvation and, and being born again. But when it comes to other areas, one of the things that we have to realize is, number one, that we believe God with our heart. Now, that's not talking about your physical blood pump. You can't believe God with your physical blood pump anymore. You can a kidney. But he, what is he talking about? He's talking about the heart. What is the heart? The heart is the, the, the core. You ever had like the heart of a watermelon? What is that? That's a good part of the watermelon need. The heart of a tree, the heart of, uh, of an issue. What is that? That's the main part. So the, the heart is actually the spirit man. What do we believe God with? We believe God with our heart. So what does that mean? That means you can, I like what Kenneth Hagin said about that. He said, you can, have, you can have faith in your heart with doubt in your head. <laughs> it's like the man who said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. What was he saying? I believe in my heart, but I'm having a little bit of trouble with my head right now. <laughs> Who's ever had head trouble? And see, that's where people get defeated because they think, oh, I'm having these thoughts right now that are contrary to what I'm believing. 
That's why you'd have to cast them down. So realize that we believe with the heart. But here, here's a, another side to that. There are two kinds of truth. And many people stay only in one side. What we might call sense knowledge truth. What does that mean? That means what I can see, touch, feel, smell. It's like Thomas. What did Thomas say? <clears throat> you remember Jesus appeared to him, to the disciples after he was risen from the dead. And everyone was there except Thomas. And then, I mean, what was he doing in a good time? I never, you ever thought about that? I've never thought about it. But what was he actually doing? Was he out fishing or something? <clears throat> but he said, um, except I put my hand in his side in his hand, I won't believe. And Jesus appeared after several days, and he said, Thomas, don't doubt. Reach your, your, your finger, put it in my side. And be not faithless, but believe. All he could say was, my Lord and my God. <laughs> if you read the King James. <clears throat> but see, he had sense knowledge truth. See, one of the things we have to realize in life is we cannot receive, how many remember Abraham? God showed Abraham all the different things that, that he showed him, like all the, the, the stars, he showed him everything that was going to be in his future. He believed God, the Bible says, it was accounted to him for righteousness. But here's the thing. You cannot get Abraham's blessing. See, we want Abraham's blessing, and Abraham's blessing is ours, according to Galatians 3. But you cannot get Abraham's blessing with Thomas's faith. A lot of people are trying to get Thomas, you know, use Thomas's faith. Oh, unless I believe it, you know, you know, people say this. Well, seeing is believing, but that's the actually opposite of faith. What believing is seeing. What did what did the psalmist say? I would have fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord. So you believe something first. So we have sense knowledge truth, and then we have revelation truth. So we have sense knowledge truth and revelation truth. What is revelation truth? What's revealed by the Word of God? And you know, you'll never get to the place where you don't have to fight these th you know, thoughts that want to keep you in the natural. There'll all be, always be something that wants to Get you to look at this, you know, look at this, look at this. Yeah, you're, you're believing God for this, but what about this? Hey, what about that bill over there? What about this? You know, and, you know, Johnny's got soccer and, and this and that. So truth is not just what we see in the natural, in the things of the spirit. The things of the spirit are not natural. You know, you can't just reach out and grab it. So what do you have to do? With the hand of faith, you reach up and you receive it. So that's why we start with the scriptures. You know, as we, we talk about this, you know, we're breaking this down, but it happens, it just, it, it happens so quickly. You know, it's not something like, okay, number four, I believe, I, you know, it just, but once you build the word of God into your spirit and you ask, then you believe that you receive it. How do you do that? Do you actually like reach and grab something from the heavenlies or, you know, you just believe that what's yours 
Father, I'm asking you for that. I'm asking you for healing. I believe that I receive, and that literally means take. There's, there comes a point where you just say, Lord, it's mine. I have it now. I believe that I take it now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You know, there was a lady in a many years ago in a healing school in a, in a ministry and uh, the minister was preaching. He said, he saw the glory cloud and, and uh, you know, that's not something that happens every day, but the Bible talks about how the, the priest could not stand to minister because of the, the reason of the cloud. They could not perform their ministerial duties. Well, if that's in the old Testament, shouldn't we have the presence of God? I think it'd be good that a lot of ministers couldn't function for a while. Amen. <laughs> but he said they were, uh, he saw this glory cloud and he, uh, he said the glory is here. Whatever you need, you just reach out and receive. And this lady was there. She, um, she actually had had an operation and they accidentally slit her esophagus. And then they, they operate on her 11 times to try to correct it and never had corrected it. How many know that's suffering many things and many physicians and getting worse? <laughs> and so anyway, what happened is she was on a, a feeding tube. And uh, he thought it was oxygen, but it was feeding tube. Fed her liquids through that tube. She had lost 90 pounds. And she just reached up just like this. And he said, reach up. And then she pulled that tube out of her nose. And uh, after the service, she went over and ate two Mexican dinners. Couldn't even eat a bite of solid food, but was totally healed. What'd she do? She just reached up and said, Lord, I believe I receive, and I take it now. Amen. You know, that's, and see, that's the problem. People that mock what they call the word of faith. You know, Paul, you know what Paul said? In Romans 10, he said, he was talking about, Confessing Jesus as Lord. He says, that is the word of faith which we preach. And you know what? I believe I'm in good company. I'm, I'm in company with Paul. What we preach is the word of faith. It's not the word of unbelief. A lot of churches preach the word of unbelief. They're, in fact, they're embalmed with unbelief. Amen. <laughs> but everything that we need is provided in the spiritual realm already. Ephesians 1.3 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Well, how come I'm, I'm not walking in it? Because you probably don't know about it. Because you haven't accessed it. You know, salvation belongs to the worst sinner in Dickinson, but they just don't know about it. They just don't, they haven't appropriated it to their life. So, I'm going to just give you a few points here. When sense knowledge truth contradicts revelation truth or the Word of God, I stand walking by revelation truth. I walk by what the Word says. That which is in the spiritual realm is made real in the natural realm through faith. So, how do we access these things? Through faith. What is faith? Faith is our persuasion in the Word of God. Faith grasped 
what we need and creates the reality of it in your life. Faith grasps and grabs a hold of it and creates the reality of it in our life. So therefore, when we pray, we believe we receive that which we are asking for. And what does the Bible say? What did Jesus, the head of the church, say? And you shall have them. So this is just, this is beyond our natural thinking, isn't it? Hallelujah. And so if you can always just think back, like we said, to salvation. You know, people say, well, I, I, I don't believe that in things that I don't see. Well, do you have a brain? Have you ever seen it? I mean, some people you do question that, but. <laughs> but see, the natural mind can't grasp the things of the spirit. But we walk by, the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. The Bible tells us in Romans 3, 4, God forbid, yea, let God be true and every man a liar. Let every man be made a liar. <clears throat> you know, you just have to get to a point where you just make the decision that God's word is true. I believe it and that settles it. Amen. Amen. Whether anyone else believes it or not. And don't fight with people. If people don't want to hear, you're just wasting your time. So develop a faith that refuses to look at circumstances. As we go into this new building, we are not looking at circumstances. <laughs> We're looking at the, the reality of the Word of God. You know, it's just like this. Some people think when you talk like this that you deny circumstances. You don't deny things exist. You just deny their right to be there. See, that's another thing about faith. A lot of people have a lot of misconceptions. Faith is not denial. Well, you know, so, so what happens is people don't go to the doctor. Why? But they think that not going to the doctor is their faith. Well, you know, I'm not going to admit that. I'm not going to go to the doctor. And meanwhile, you know, sometimes, sometimes people need to. You know, people don't talk about these things in church. But, you know, some, some people need to because their, their faith is not there. And why... You know, out of pride many, many times is what it is. People will not do something that's simple. You know, a simple surgery or a simple something. But see, that's why you have to be led. We, we were talking about being led by the Spirit the last couple of Sundays. What's the answer to a million questions? Be led. Should I get the operation? Should I get the loan? Should I get this? Should I do that? You have to be led. What may be right for one person may not be right for you. And God knows where your faith is. You know, I'm sure glad even I had my appendix take, taken out. And it was kind of a, I say, a serious deal. You know, I felt horrible all day. I didn't even know the Lord yet in my life. And uh, I'm so thankful that my mom didn't just leave me there just to, you know what, just, just pray. And if it's God's will he'll take it away. I'm glad she took me away and took me to the hospital. <laughs> Amen. I met the doctor and he said, okay, we're going to operate. Oh, okay. 
I was in 11th grade. <laughs> and so, develop a faith that refuses to look at circumstances. So, number five, refuse to doubt. Refuse to doubt. So we're talking about seven steps to answer prayer. Refuse to doubt. Let every thought and desire affirm that you have what you ask. See, I said this earlier, that you can have faith in your heart with doubt in your head. So what does that mean? You, you're believing God, but there can be thoughts coming in your mind that you don't have that God didn't answer your prayer. You know, you pray for healing, and then the devil says, you, you better go look in the mirror and see if that, that growth is still there. <laughs> Why? He wants you to walk by sense knowledge instead of faith in what the Word of God says. So what you have to do, though, is this. Even though those thoughts can be there, you should not let them stay. Well, it is, faith is working my heart with doubt in my head, but then you just let that doubt stay there. No, you, you cast down every imagination. Anything that says that you don't have what, what God said you have, you cast it down. You cast it out. Never permit a mental picture of failure to remain in your mind. And never doubt for one minute that you have the answer. If doubt persists, what do you do? You rebuke. What's the Bible say in James 4, 7? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. But see, that's the problem. A lot of people don't recognize they're waiting for Slewfoot to show up. They're waiting for, for a, a, a pitchfork, red horns, and say, I'm the devil and I came to destroy for you. It's a, he's a lot more subtle than that. In fact, the biggest thing is he doesn't want people to know he even exists. Hallelujah. So, eradicate every image, suggestion, feeling, or thought that does not contribute to your faith. I heard a minister say this, he, um, or I was reading this. His daughter had, um, had this growth, and she was real little, I think about four years old, had this growth that was um, on the side of her face. And um, he prayed about it. He said, I believe, Lord, I thank you for your word. I receive, I pray, and I believe we receive. You know, when it comes to baby Christians and your, your children, you, you can receive for them. I mean, you can pray and, and believe. There, gets a, there comes a time when they're going to have to use their own faith. But at that point, you know, you can use your faith and, and God will heal them. And he said he, he, uh, he prayed and believed he received. And the first thing the enemy says, go look and see if it's gone, <laughs> you know. And then the next day he saw it, and then he saw it. But then he just got to the point where he, he, he stood on the Word. He kept meditating on the Scripture, and he just began to thank, thank the Lord. Lord, I just thank you. Thank you for healing my girl. Thank you for And he said it was quite some time later, he just happened to look. And he said, oh, that's gone. That growth is gone. And the wife said, yeah, it's been gone about 10 days. But he just got so engrossed in, in praising God and getting his mind off the problem, getting his mind on the answer, 
And then what happened is, is because that's, that's what happens all the time. You pray for your needs. Go look at your checking account. See if anyone put a million dollars in there yet. <laughs> so this is the realm in which the battle of prayer is fought and won. You know, I'll just say this. That's, um, I'm trying to think who said it. It really doesn't matter who said it, but... Um, Back in the healing revival, I think it was uh, Raymond T. Ritchie or some, some one of the men of God said that most people believe they, they lose their healing because of a counterattack. What does that mean? Symptoms come back. So what do they? What do some people say? Then they say, "I thought the Lord healed me, but I guess He didn't." And so what do they do? It's like opening the door and say, okay, devil, come right back in. You resist those things. Amen. So that's what we mean, refuse to doubt. See, that's where the, the battle of prayer is fought and won. Hallelujah. Look at Philippians chapter 4. I feel like we're in Bible school tonight. Philippians chapter 4, look at the, um, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. You know, the Bible actually has a lot to say about thinking. Let me say that one more time. <clears throat> you know, the Bible actually has a lot to say about thinking in our thought life. People think, well, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, <clears throat> people feed their spirit on the Word of God, but, and it has to go through your mind, but a lot of people, they just need to meditate on the Word of God, to flood their mind with the Word of God. The Bible says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So this is just like when you're flying. You know, you don't usually do this in a car. You, it's, it is kind of good to like look around, make sure your tires are, you know, there's no leaking underneath the car, especially if you're about to take a long trip. You look at your air pressure and all that. But, you know, people that fly, they have a checklist. Okay, and they go through this meticulous checklist. I heard one pilot, and he was talking about, I always do this, and I always start from the left to the right and go down like this. He said, I never change it. Why? Because it's a checklist. And how many know it's important when you're flying, you get it right? Well, here's our checklist right here. If anything be true, honest, good report. You know, some things may be true, but it may not be a good report. Did you hear about so-and-so? No, and that's, let's just pray for them. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not saying this to, to gossip. You know, I just turn it in a prayer request. You know, that's, 
Christians don't gossip. They just have prayer requests. Amen. <laughs> so number six. Number six, meditate on the promises. Meditate on the promises. Proverbs 4, verse 20 through 22 says this. My son or daughter, attend to my words. Incline thine ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health and medicine to all their flesh. Guard your heart above all that you guard. But how does it start out? It says, attend. You know, it's like if someone said, um, hey, um, hey, Sharon, you know, we got this thing here, and can you, can you help us with this? And she'd say, um, and if you're in the South, you, you, you drop the, the A, and you say, no, I'm sorry, I have to attend to this. <laughs> what does that mean? What you're saying is important, but I've got something else right now I've got to do. I've got to attend to this. Attend to my words. Hallelujah. So meditate on the promises. What does that mean? Meditate constantly on the promises on which you base your answers to prayer. See, it's not enough to, okay, I refuse to doubt. But what are you going to put in, in place of that? You can only say that so many times. I refuse to doubt. I refuse to doubt. I refuse to doubt. All your mind is thinking doubt. You know, it's just like this. I refuse. I'm not going to, I'm not going to look at that. I'm not going to look at that. I'm not going to, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Uh, you know, I'm not going to eat the pizza. I'm not going to eat the pizza. Only thing your mind is thinking is pizza. What do you have to do? Put, put the positive force of the word of God in there. You know, that's why they say personalize things as, and also doing it like right now in the you know, say, for instance, like if someone wants to lose weight. Don't just say, I'm going to. Say, I, I am right now. I'm losing 20 pounds. I'm losing 20 pounds. <clears throat> so what do you do? You see yourself in possession of what you have already asked, and you make plans as if it's already a reality. That doesn't mean you spend the money you don't have yet. <laughs> well, by faith, the money's here. Well, don't write the check. You know, there are some basic Christian principles we need to talk about. When I was in Bible school, we had a, a series called Practical Christian Living. And they talked about this because, you know, you would have people go to, to a, like a Perkins or something and they go sit down and eat. And they were just believing that everyone, you know, someone come pay for their meal. You know, if the Lord spoke to you, that's one thing. But, you know, two hours later, someone, you know, sees them still sitting there. And they felt sorry for them and they went and paid the, the meal. You know, someone go to the doctor. And they write on the thing, it says, who's your family physician? They say, Dr. Jesus. Well, we know that. We know that Jesus is our healer. But, you know, it's like, I'm not talking about hearsay. I mean, this is just, I mean, this is like stuff that's really happened. You know, people go to the doctor. 
And the doctor probe around, you know, why did they go to the doctor? Because they're in pain. And then the doctor starts probing a little bit, and they kind of flinch a little bit. They say, oh, is that, is that a problem? I have no, no pain in Jesus' name. And then they keep going. I have, oh, I have, no, I have no pain in Jesus' name. <clears throat> and see, people think that's faith. But the Bible says that faith calls the things that be not as though they were. See, faith is not denial. Once again, faith is not denial. See, what happens in the physical, people deny, they, they say, well, you know what? I'm just, I'm not going to pretend it doesn't exist. Say it's a growth or a tumor. Well, you, you have to get in faith about it or do something because that thing is growing. You know, there's, there's a lot of people that they could have done something simple, but because of pride, they just let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go, and then it gets beyond medical aid. Then you can't do anything. Then you have to believe God for a miracle. Wouldn't it be better if someone believed and said, Lord, I, I believe that, and this is why you have to, when you agree with somebody, find out where they are at. It'd be like, like Rama said, okay, I'm going to have a, a simple surgery. You know, something wrong with a muscle or something. You know, just, well, I'm not going to just say, okay, um, I believe God can do it. And he can just totally just fix everything right now. He, well, he might believe that, but where's his confidence? His confidence might be in the fact that, well, I believe that the doctor can help me. And, and um, if I go through do this procedure, then I'll heal up quickly. Well, see, that's where you need to attach your faith to his. For one thing, is his body, not yours. That's why you don't just tell somebody, you know, well, I think you shouldn't have the operation. I think you should. Unless God really spoke to you. Why? Because it's their body. Amen. Uh, that wasn't in my notes at all. But So, if you don't see yourself with what God's promise, that means that God's word has departed from your eyes. That's why he said, keep them in the midst of your heart. Don't let them depart from your eyes. So, if you, when you, when you, Get rid of all those doubts. You just replace it with the Word of God. The same scriptures that you, you found to cover your case, you, you just meditate upon those. Yeah. Just meditate upon them. Hallelujah. There was a, um, Brother Hagen tells a story about this 82-year-old lady, evangelist. She was dying, and uh, I believe she had like cancer. They opened her up and they just gave her no hope, just sold her back up and pretty well let her die. Well, he said, um, she, she said, Brother Hagin, just, just let me go on home and be with the Lord, you know. I'm 82 years old. He said, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. He said, let God heal you first, then die if you want to. <laughs> he said, but don't die like this. God's not going to get any glory out of it. So what he did is, he realized, though, that, that she couldn't just receive automatically. He just said, Lord, help her not to cast away her confidence. And he began to give her the word, give her the word. And so what he did is said he built that consciousness in her to where she could see herself getting better. 
Some six months later, he was preaching a crusade. This 83-year-old woman came up and gave him a hug, and it just kind of startled him, you know? <laughs> and it was her. She had even put on weight and all kind of things because she was, you know, at death's door. But that all started because she began to see herself preaching again. And he told her, he said, at your age, you can still win many souls. And she lived to be 91. And she, she thanked him and said, thank you for not allowing me to die. Amen. So begin to meditate on the promises and see yourself with what God promised. And then number seven, give God the praise. Give God the praise. Philippians 4, 6 says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So what does that mean? I mean, every time I pray and ask God, I need to include thanksgiving. I mean, even with your children, don't you like it when they say thank you? Not like, you know, or even like a friend. You, you, you give somebody, have you ever given somebody a gift and then it's like, what, what if you gave somebody a gift and then you received, they received it and they said, huh, yeah, I saw one of those in the store. Yeah, I kind of thought about it. Okay. How much do you want to bless them and give them more? Well, you know, the Lord's the same way. That's why if you want to, if you want to cause more to come in your life, be thankful. Do you want to enlarge your capacity to receive? Then cultivate a life of thanksgiving. Hallelujah. And so the final step to answer prayer is to praise God for what he's done and what he is doing. Make every prayer concerning your need a statement of faith and praise, not a statement of unbelief. Great man of God, Andrew Murray, he said this. He said, if what you're praying for has not materialized yet, don't pray the same way. He said, it's not in good taste to ask God for the same thing over and over again. So what do you do? You remind God, Lord, I've asked you for this. I, I, I believed I received. And this is what your word says. And I'm just going to thank you for it. Amen. So what does that mean? I don't pray every day. Lord, I ask you for that. Oh, thank you in Jesus' name. And then tomorrow, oh God, I ask you for the same thing again. No, you just begin to thank him. Hallelujah. A couple more good statements for you. Thinking faith thoughts and speaking faith words lead the heart out of defeat into victory. Thinking faith thoughts and speaking faith words lead the heart out of defeat into victory. You know, if you have any kind of... Um, if you have any area in your life that you have no victory in, then you just need to start thinking the word in that area. Start thinking what God said about that and then begin speaking it. Think and speak. I know it's too simple, but it works every time. Remind God what you ask for and what his word says, and then tell him that you're expecting it. 
then thank him for it. I'm going to say it one more time. Remind God what you asked for and what his word says and tell him you are expecting it. Then thank him for it. Hallelujah. Call him up and tell him what you want. And let me say this. One of the greatest indicators that you are in faith is in this word expectation. Who's ever ordered a package online and what are you doing? Whether it's FedEx or the Brown, you see UPS coming down. It's like they're two blocks over. It might still be an hour before it gets to your house, but or it could be 10 minutes. What are you doing? You're expecting. So what do you do? You track it. You're looking on your phone. You look on, on the computer. When's it coming? And you're tracking all the 13 places it's already been before it gets to you. What are you doing? You are expecting. You know why some people don't receive harvests they're not expecting? Well, I'm just leaving it up to the Lord. But you begin to expect on a daily basis. Hallelujah. And that is, that is a good indicator of if you're in faith. Expectation and joy. Why? Because that's what happens. That expectation is going to give you joy. What did the Bible say? Peter said, yet not seeing, because we don't see, we don't see the Lord, but we believe that we receive. He said, yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. So what does my faith do? It gives me assurance and it gives me joy and it gives me expectation. You know what we've been doing for months is expecting. Amen. We've been talking and, you know, some people thought we had probably off our hinges. Where, where's, where's this building? Where's this? Where's that? It's coming. I'm, I wish I could make it happen faster. <laughs> but you just keep expecting. Yeah. Keep expecting. Amen. What happened when, um, <clears throat> was it Elijah? He said um, to the servant, go and look. And it came, he said he came back seven times. I mean, we just read that in this in one or two verses. But that took place over a little period of time. He said, I, I don't see anything. He said, go look again. Go look again. Well, was, you know, and then the seventh time. Well, there's not much. You know, it's just the size of a man's hand. He said, well, you better go tell Ahab. He better get, get ready. And, and why? Because there's a storm coming. Why? Because he was expecting Keep expecting. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So I just encourage you, anything that you, you want from God, I don't care how big it is, just take these seven steps. 
take these things and just write a list of what you need. Make the vision plain. And then go through each one of these. Pray about it. You know, you don't have to be in a hurry about some things, but just maybe take a couple weeks, feed on these scriptures. And then as you do, ask God for it. And then don't let anything else sway you. Don't let anything else take you off. And then you just praise God for the answer. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, stand to your feet tonight. Thank you, Lord. Just lift your hands. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. Father, we thank you, Lord, that your word is a sure foundation. The Lord, even though things change and people change, you will never change. You're Jesus Christ the same, yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, and I so love the fact that you are dependable, and Lord, that you will never change. We can count on you. And Father, we just thank you as we share these things, Lord, that these things will get on the inside of us. Lord, that people will have a hunger for the Word of God like never before. That people will have a a desire to feed upon your Word and to stand on your Word. Thank you that you hasten your Word to perform it. Lord, I thank you that you make your Word good in our life. Forever, O Lord, your Word is settled in heaven. And you've taught us, Lord, how to settle it here on earth. We thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.